Hello, listeners. Thank you for tuning in to WGWG.org. My name is Stephanie Flores Fuentes. Welcome to Insert Subject Here, or Ish, as I like to call it. Ish is a segment in this radio that covers popular news subjects and takes a closer look at the data in regards to said subjects. Today, we will be talking about sodium lauryl sulfate. Before we get into the details, let's listen to some music. Hello, listeners. This week, we will take a dive into the beauty industry, mostly into the whispers and sometimes even shouts against sulfates. For the purpose of today, we will be focusing on sodium lauryl sulfate. That's with a YL, which is similar to sodium laureth sulfate. Sodium lauryl sulfate, or SLS, is what we call a surfactant. According to chemicalsafetyfacts.org, surfactants are compounds used in an array of cleaning products for their ability to lower the surface tension of water, which in essence makes the molecules more slippery so that they are less likely to stick to themselves and more likely to interact with oil and grease. So surfactants, like SLS, are usually seen in items that need to be foamy or emulsifiers to help remove dirt and oils. This quality is why surfactants are found in so many products used for cleaning. But the reason why we bring up SLS in particular in this podcast is because of personal hygiene products. SLS can be found in toothpaste, shampoo, shaving cream, detergents, and many other products. If you pay a bit of attention to the beauty industry, you may have noticed that a lot of labels you see are showing up with products labeling them as sulfate-free. To be completely honest, I had to shop for shampoo a little while ago, and I too found myself looking for sulfate-free products before stopping to question why I was even doing this. I understand that we're currently in an all-natural product trend these days, but I wanted to come back and ask why this was. I really had to get my shovel out this week and dig because when you do research on the subjects, a lot of blogs show up, many without any data to win me over. But don't worry, I found some, eventually. That is, after destroying my Google search history. So as we stop to pity my ad suggestions for the next couple weeks, let's pause and listen to some music. Welcome back, listeners. By this point, I know some of you are dying to know where the data stands on this whole SLS issue. And to be honest, for the most part, it was more positive than I expected. Of course, there are some areas where I wish for more research and maybe a wider sample size, but let me share with you what I found. Long story short, SLS is not as terrible as a lot of people have made it sound. Because surfactants like SLS are so efficient at removing oils, which of course can carry dirt, they are often painted as products that strip the life out of your hair and skin. But that is also forgetting about the number of people who condition their hair or use moisturizers, which of course are common parts of many personal routines. There are, however, small groups of people that should stay away from sulfate shampoos and sulfate products, and these are the people with highly reactive or sensitive skin. Those with eczema or a form of dermatitis can be easily irritated by sulfates. According to a study titled, 
Non-Invasive Measuring Methods for Investigation of Irritant Patch Test Reactions, a study of patients with hand eczema, atopic dermatitis, and controls. Increased susceptibility to SLS was found only in patients with acute eczema. Skin susceptibility is thus influenced by individual as well as environmentally related factors. The study also noted that one other factor that could lead to sensitivity to the irritation of SLS is weather. It says seasonal variation in skin susceptibility to SLS was found with increased susceptibility in winter when the hydration state of the stratum corneum was also found to be decreased. And just to clarify that section, the stratum corneum is the outermost layer of your skin. Now, in regards to animal testing, there have been a few studies. According to the Open Chemistry Database, SLS has been tested in their 2017 dataset on rabbits and dogs. In the rabbit test, rabbits were exposed to SLS at varying levels on their eyes. It was found that SLS was a mild to moderate irritant when directly exposed to the eye. On dogs, SLS was tested on their skin and was found to be a mild irritant. PubChem noted that eye contact with SLS can cause redness and pain, and on skin, it could cause redness. But so far, no alarm bells are ringing in regards to SLS. Except, of course, for the love of everything, please don't drink it, which is something that I would probably say about any soap in general. The symptoms for SLS ingestion are nausea, vomiting, and or diarrhea. Please use your sulfate products as they are labeled, and please be mindful of the storage directions and the expiration date. But that is usually a good rule of thumb for any product in general. So in close, SLS is not as terrible as people have made it out to be. However, if you have a skin condition or are sensitive, there are plenty of other options out there that may become a good part of your daily routine. For those who just like sudsy shampoos, you're also fine. Just be mindful of your body. If you feel at some point that you have to switch over to a product without SLS, that is also okay. Different people have different needs, and even I rotate between a few different products that include SLS and some that don't. This has been Insert Subject Here. If you have any questions or comments, please send an email to info at wgwg.org. My name is Stephanie Flores Fuentes. Thank you for listening.